One, two, three. I went too fast. One, two, three. One, Close enough. two, three. I think we got it that time. During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. I want to ask the question. Who's buying the booze? Bubbles make me burp. Should we start this thing? Let's start this thing. So we should probably start with introducing ourselves because we did not do that last time. That's true. Hello and welcome to the Boozy Sitters Club. This is episode two. We're going to introduce ourselves because we didn't do that last time. We didn't. I'm Stephanie. I'm Nell. And we're drinking now. (laughs) And we've introduced ourselves. We have. Um, So... So we'll jump right into this thing. Yeah, so. well, we should probably, um, just in case somebody was like, I don't want to start with episode one, I'll start with episode two. Um, True. Give a little... What we do. What we do here, which is uh, reread or read for the first time. Um, I was going to say episodes, books in the Babysitter's Club series. Um, and then we sit down and we talk about it. And while we're talking about it, we have a drink. Yes. And in theory, it's a surprise, but I think I let my, uh, let my drink slip out to you. Oh, I don't know what your drink is. If you did, I I missed it. That's good. Well, I think the idea that our drinks are a surprise to each other have become that because we are doing this still in quarantine and we yes. are socially distancing and in our own separate houses. So Correct. if and when we ever do this in the same space, we might have the same drink. We might, although I think the surprising is fun. It is. So what's it first is. on the agenda? First on the agenda is we're going to let everybody know uh, what book we're reading this week or this episode since we still are not entirely sure how often these will come out um yeah weekly or bi-weekly yeah we'll figure it out if we say week we mean that in the general sense um that you're listening to it yes um so this week the book is claudia and the phantom phone calls i kept wanting to call it claudia and the phantom caller i think is that another book? I feel like that might be know. another title. It um, might be, but that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe we can say what we're drinking, and then we can kick it over to Lewis to give us our uh, official book jacket description, and then dive in a little deeper on both plot yeah. synopsis and cocktail details, and- which we realized last episode we did not give at all. No, we didn't, and um, uh, we'll also find out whose wild speculation was closest. Yes. Spoiler, it was not me. <laughs> although, although, I think there were parts where you weren't too far off, so... So, okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah, let's kick it to Lewis, and he can read the official back cover book jacket description of Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls. Lewis! Lewis! Christy, Claudia, Marianne, and Stacy have had some strange adventures since they started the Babysitter's Club, but nothing's been as spooky as what's going on right now. The babysitters have been getting some mysterious phone calls when they're out on their jobs. When a phone rings and they pick up, there's no one on the other end of the line. Claudia is sure it's a phantom caller, a jewel thief who's been operating in the area. Claudia has always liked reading mysteries, but she doesn't like it when they happen to her. So she and the babysitters decide to take action with some very mixed results. (laughs) 
So what are you drinking? I'm drinking. I think you're going to enjoy this. A French 75. Ooh, we have a theme going on. Do we? What are you drinking? It's a loose theme. I I am drinking Amida Colada. Oh. So the theme is honey. The theme is honey. No, there's no honey no, in this. No, I'm thinking of a bee's knees. You are. Gosh darn it, Barbie. There's no theme. There's no theme. The theme is cocktails. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. So, uh, so how do you make yours? Well, I followed a Bon Appetit recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, because it had the least amount of weird things in it. Um, as I was looking, I wanted to basically make sure I had my proportions right, because I generally knew what went in a French 75. Um, but then I started finding ones that were calling for, like, orange liqueur, and I'm like, that's that's not, not right. how that works. Um, so um, it has uh, gin, lemon juice, and simple syrup. Shake that up till it's nice and cold, mixed and chilled. Top it off with a little champagne. And if you're feeling fancy, put a little twist of lemon in it. Mm, so good. It's real good. Real good. Yeah. At a, at a Christmas party, the, the, the bells of the church are ringing now. I can't also hear them. But I, that, also, no, oh, good. that also may have been because I turned down my, my volume a little. We'll find mm. out. Whatever. If anybody you hear church bells, we're... Real God's religious. God's fine with it. Yeah, God's fine with alcohol, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. They literally drink, drink, serve it to give you it in to church. You. Accurate. Accurate. Um, yeah. A French 75, my mother and one of our friends at a holiday party drank an entire punch bowl of. They were smashed. No, that was me. That was you? That was me and not your mom. That was me. I know I'm a my, lot like your mom. Your mom may have done the same thing. My mom did do the um, same thing. Yeah, no, that was that was me and Scott. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Oh, it was my mom and Tony that did something similar. Well, there you go. <laughs> that makes Keep sense. Finished. Yep. Anyway, never mind. Okay, so well, good times. Tell me about your Mida Colada. Yeah. Mida, so, not Mida. Not not meat. M e a d. The honey. As in fermented honey drink is that right yeah so okay how this came up how i was putting things into my liquor cabinet and realized there was a bottle of mead in there that i had purchased years ago in prague and i was like oh my god is this even still good so it sent me down honey does not go bad no, it doesn't. But if you get shitty meat, it does go bad. Mm. Okay. So Learning. basically what I found in my research, if it, ha- if it is good mead, a good dark mead that is 15% alcohol or more, that will last for years and years and years and not lose any flavor. Anything less than that in the like 10 to 14 range mm, might be okay. Less than that, it's basically the moonshine of mead and it'll go bad quickly. Sure. I apparently bought myself a nice little bottle of mead. And then how you make this is you take the mead, you take spiced light rum, mm-hmm. some bitters, mm-hmm. shake it up in a cocktail shaker, woo, strain it out, put it in your glass, in a rocks glass, which I realize I don't have, so mason jar works just as well. Put some sparkling coconut water ooh, and not like coconut water like la croix got it coconut yep. water and then if you have pineapple you put a little bit of pineapple in there it, it's basically a pina colada made with meat that sounds good is it it's actually it's very good. good i was i was a little suspect it also sounds like it would be a bit more refreshing should we talk about the book Yeah, we should talk about the book. So, as I I alluded to before, my wild speculation that Morbidded Destiny had a secret baby that needed babysitting and ghosts were calling was, in fact, incorrect. 
<laughs> it was. However, I do <laughs> think Morbida Destiny showed up. She did show literally up. Literally on the porch. She did. She may or may not have given a child more freckles than she had Karen from accounting. Karen from accounting may have more freckles due to a spell from Morbida Destiny. This one's narrated by Claudia. So that, that is different than the last book. Um, as we alluded to, they're all narrated by different people. So this one's from Claudia's perspective. So it does rehash a little bit of the same information about how the Babysitter's Club came together. Which but is for the fair. Most part, it's a series. You got to get series, people in. It's a series. It's the second one. We're it's doing the, the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Um, but it was interesting to see her, how the perspective changes on some of the same information. Yes. <laughs> and I think, so basically, I mean, as you can get from the title, it's pretty straightforward. Claudia is the narrator. It's mainly focused on her. They're fairly early on. It's established. There is a, uh, a burglar terrorizing the general area, not their town necessarily, but the general area. And the way that he did, he's a jewel thief, I think. He is a jewel thief. And the way that he targets his houses, which as I was thinking about it later, I was like, this is the stupidest thief on the face of the earth. But he (laughs) calls people and if they answer, he just hangs up. And he just calls them repeatedly until they leave the house. And then when Mm -hmm. he doesn't get an answer anymore, then he knows it's clear and he goes in and he robs people. Spoiler alert, he ends up getting caught because he calls a house and then they just, the police stake out the house. They don't answer. He comes and they catch him. Like, yeah. Like, it would work if you hit one house in one town, then went to, like, a different state and did the same thing. But the fact that he's hitting a bunch of houses in the same area. Yes. There were news reports, which is how the girls find out about it. It's in the newspaper that they're reading. Um, Yeah. Which, again, like, if you're that thief and you're reading, hey, the police are on to me, maybe move on. That's basically what happens. She babysits. There's phantom calls. They all get them at some point. They all get them. They all freak out. They all freak out. They and then immediately they think about like, well, how does this affect the the club? And which so again, they start... I go back to good for them for thinking about the business first. They are business ladies. They are business ladies. I mean, so they just no, they. That, that was a poorly constructed sentence, and I haven't even been drinking that much. But this mead does have a very high alcohol content. So this is going to be a fun one. Um, Can this week's, this week's question of the week be, what about mead? <laughs> sure. I mean, we'll see. Or Last maybe we'll just answer that as we go. <laughs> maybe we'll just answer that as we go. I don't think we ever got a straight answer in diabetes. So Not yet. Come on, people. Not yet. We need, you gotta tell us. We need more information. <laughs> we, need, we still need more information about childhood diabetes. So, yeah. So, that's the plot. That is the plot. Um, <laughs> you were talking about the... It's a different narrator. I think that uh, the author, Anne M. Martin, who we will continue to say her name because it's important to credit authors, famous authors, mm-hmm, whatever... Mm-hmm. I think she does a very good job changing up the voice. Like you're talking about the, like there's different um, focus on the Mm -hmm. same things or slightly different things or a different take on things. Um, And I feel like she uses different words and different, like she, I, I really enjoyed realizing as I was reading it's subtle, but it makes a difference. Yeah, it does. It doesn't sound like it's coming from Christie's perspective. It's just, it's definitely Claudia's perspective, which is a subtle thing to do when they're all preteen girls. Yes, and it, to me, it's something as simple as like Claudia notices. So, the one of the subplots is Trevor Sanborn. Oh, yeah. 
who is yeah. the boy at school that Claudia likes. And right. what she likes about him is that he's a poet. And she mm-hmm. knows that he writes poetry. And she, the first time she says his name, she's like, what a romantic name. And then one of the girls that they have lunch with, she's also like, Dorian Wallingford. I wrote that down because... There's a lot of really good names. And I... I, I I'm st- still so baffled on how Trevor Sanborn is a... But, like, in the 80s? Absolutely. Like... Was it? Yes. Yes. Because Trevor is, like, a little... I feel like it was probably, like, a little trendy. A little different. It wasn't a Michael. Mm. True. Um, Sanborn, because they're in, you know, suburban Connecticut, has that waspy, like cachet that even though you know this isn't like a totally whitewashed book. no it's true but there are a lot of wasps up there yeah they played a central role in my formative years namely me wishing i could be more waspy and realizing that italians are never gonna be wasps <laughs> it's just no. it's just not gonna happen but We're just too loud are wasps ever gonna make amazing meatballs no. No. <laughs> True. No. Um, <laughs> Christy, one, she's not interested in boys, so we or think. Or is she? So we think. Because she's very passionate about Alan. Well. She's passionate about him. She I didn't is say passionate. She, didn't. she doesn't. He, she, she is passionate she in her hatred initially. Yeah, and he is her arch nemesis in the way that... Um, they terrorize each other. Yes, he is pretty much so he's the he's the kid at school who basically pulls her pigtails. Yeah. He in my life would have been Andrew Hoppy, <sighs> my next door neighbor. Andrew Hoppy. Also, that's a horrible name. Let's <laughs> hope Andrew Hoppy isn't listening. If he is Hope you're this doing pay- well. This Hope. is payback. He once, when we were little, and this still bothers me to this day, <laughs> I was at the bus stop, and I had on these white overalls, and it was just like when we were starting to be able to go to the bus stop by ourselves, mm-hmm. and it was me, Andrew Hobby, and Scotty Sanborn. <gasps> Not Sanborn. Sanders. <laughs> Scotty Sanders. I thought we were going to have like a crossover episode <laughs> no, 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 here. No, no, no. We were going to have to find Scotty Sanborn. Um, so I had on white overalls. They had embroidered flowers on the front pocket. I loved them. I mean, they I sound was, amazing. I just loved them. And I think I had like a purple t-shirt under it. And we're waiting for the bus. And Andrew finds a grub. Mm. And he throws it down the front mm. of my overalls. Andrew. And I just started crying because now my white overalls are dirty. And buggy. And buggy. And even though Scotty Sanders and I were not friends, and we would never be friends, he punched Andrew Hoppy in the face and told him not to do that. Mm-hmm. My story with Andrew Hoppy's did not end the way Christie's did. No, but, but I feel like maybe Scotty Sanders might have asked no, you to the Halloween either. hop. No one asked me to any dances, but that's fine. It could mm. be because I, I, I'm a lot. <laughs> I've been told. Um, so in the book, back to the book. So Alan Gray is basically that kid that's, you know, teasing Christy, has always teased Christy. She tells about a prank that she pulled on him. And, you know, it's this long, ongoing back It's and been forth. going on for years. For years. And... Should we get into the, like, resolution of the, the mystery? Out- what What does the outline say? Oh, we're <laughs> we're beyond the outline. We're we were supposed to talk about a plot synopsis, and I think now we're just into the book. No, I think that was the plot. So that those are the main plot points. Yeah, and the subplot points. Yes. So you've got Phantom Caller terrorizing. You got. Yes. You've got Claudia, who's obsessed with a poet who doesn't know she exists. He's got jet black got... hair. He's romantic. Her heart is leaping out of her chest. 
Yes. And then you've got Christy and Alan who are arch rivals. Yes. That sets the stage. Yes. For everything. Yes. So now, now we're we supposed to talk break. about. Oh, yeah. Ad break. Because we do those. We did them by accident, but we do them now. We did them. And look, we're going to keep taking ad breaks and we're going to talk about things. We're maybe going to promote businesses that we like just because we like them. And in this time, who can't use a little extra support? But if you'd like to pay us, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll we have a Patreon money. page. Yeah. I think the best part about the top tier is if you partake in that, we will send you a an astrological-based cocktail. Yes. No more information than that. Go to the page. Go to the page. Bye. Patreon page. When we're legally allowed to go outside, our first stop will be to celebrate with an amazing glass of wine at Anada on Beach Drive in St. Petersburg. Let's be honest. We'll also have a great plate of meats and cheeses. See you there. Next up, the how you doing? How am I doing? I am... I'm okay. I've been in a weird mental space because of quarantine. I'm actually not, like... I don't mind the being by myself part. The, like, things are opening is freaking me out. Yes. yes. Um. I... <laughs> I had a teledoc call with my allergist respiratory therapist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a doctor's note that she does not want me working in an office for the well, near future. That's good. So. That's good. Because so that's... people with any kind of respiratory challenges probably <laughs> should not be around a so lot. So that's cool. Um, and also in the more just adding to that I... I'm a nerdy child and that everything nerdy. Let me let me paint you a picture outside of the overalls. The overalls so I, got, I don't well, think are nerdy. No, Embroidered overalls glasses. are definitely a, a, like a strong fashion statement from a elementary school sure. child. I got glasses when I was five. I was always a little chubby. I had unruly curly hair, but not like... Thick curly hair like the rest of my family. So nobody knew what to do with it. So it was just kind of a big frizzy mess. And I'm allergic to everything. So in the adult version of I'm allergic to everything, apparently I'm like, I forget what the word she used, but it it essentially boiled down to I'm like a medical failure with allergies. And the medicines don't work, so... She strongly recommends that I get injections and was two steps away again from telling me to get rid of my dog, which is not well, that's a thing. Okay. Which everyone's like, oh, you get tat- you have a million tattoos. You should be fine with shots. It's different. I don't know why it's different. Sure. One is a one-time deal and the other is millions of tiny little stabbing motions. Yeah, I don't know. The clinical setting, I guess, freaks me out. Put me in a tattoo shop and give me my allergy I shots. I get it. I mean, like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not afraid of needles. I'm fine with shots. Like, I don't, like, whatever. But whenever I have to go in for a shot or get blood drawn or whatever, like, there's always that moment where you're like, I'm like, I'm just going to look in the opposite direction now because I don't, I don't need to see like a, I'm making a giant hand motion, like a, a big. A vial of blood? Yeah. Oh, I definitely don't need to see a vial of my blood. No, no. Yeah. Thank you. I don't, I, yeah, no. I'm, but I could also watch the surgery channel, like, all day long. Speaking of blood, I also started watching... We've gone um, down a, a path, yeah, by We the have. Way. We'll get back. But, um, God, what's the name of it? Tell me how you are, and I'll tell you, I'll okay, tell you, how, I'll um, tell you what I was watching. I think watching. I'm also in a slightly weird headspace. Um, so, as you know, but not everybody knows, um, I am in... The unfortunate position, um, along with 20 plus million other Americans, of having to look for a job. And so that has thrown my life into a little bit of a up and down, topsy-turvy kind of situation. Um, and this week, it's, it's interesting, like objectively, 
looking at job postings and what people are talking about and everything, mm -hmm. if I didn't need a job, would be very, like, sociologically, it'd be very interesting. Um, it's less interesting when you're like, ooh, last week there were a ton of jobs posted. This week there are no jobs posted. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, uh, Florida, which is where I'm currently residing, um, has a horrible unemployment system. I mean, it's made national news. It has made national news. <laughs> when, you, um, when your unemployment website makes national news, that's problematic. This morning, I saw, like, on the news crawl on one of the morning shows, I saw something that said only 40% of claims, people who have legitimately claimed unemployment and who have been approved for unemployment, only 40% have seen payment. Luckily, I am obscene. one of the people that have gotten payment, which is great. Um, unluckily, that money is not enough to actually live on. So that's fun. Um, so it's been a weird week of like, I'm not, I'm not in that like quarantine depths of depression that I think everybody has experienced at some point during this. Mm -hmm. Um, and there have been little things that I've been doing that kind of, I have my to-do list and I check things yeah. off. And so I've, I've been able to kind of take some steps forward. Unfortunately, some of those steps are like figuring out how to move if I need to do that. Or, you know, so it's, right. it's positive Practical. things, but ultimately yeah. it's stuff that's unfortunate. So it's been, right. it's been an okay it's week. Been a time. Yeah. Can we go back to the blood real quick? Yeah. So when I was when I started watching that did make me feel better because it was ridiculous. It's an FX show that is based off a movie called What We Do in the Shadows. <gasps> I love that movie so much. Have you watched the series? No, I keep meaning to. Oh my god. Oh my I love god. That, movie. that just got really oh loud. God. Sorry for your editing levels. That got It's fine. Oh my god, I love that movie so much. I I woke up uh Have you seen Wednesday? the movie? Yes. Okay, good. I just watched the first episode. I, I, it made me so happy. Yeah. It was so, it was exactly what I needed at that moment. It was 22 minutes because it was, it's on FX, so obviously they make it for commercials, but it was just, it was just enough weird and funny and yeah, not anything of the reality that we're in that just <laughs> literally... Yes, a show about the undead helped me get out of bed. <laughs> Look, I think we talked about, maybe it wasn't on the last podcast, but at some point we talked about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. That's helped me out of some dark times. So <laughs> yeah. apparently vampires yeah. really help you. The undead are helpful. Yeah. Get yourself undead. I know this isn't an official pause break, but, you but I'm that. out of alcohol, so. I am not, but I can... Can I just go make myself another one? Yeah, I'll just have to take one. We're not going to be even, but that's fine. It's fine, as long as somebody says. Go do your thing. You may be asking yourself, why is the audio quality on this ad so poor? Well, when you're working on a shoestring budget and the cord of your mic craps out, you improvise. Now you're asking yourself, why do I care? You care because you love independent media and you get excited like a sophomore whose braces just came off every time a new episode of your favorite pod pops into your feed. So if you want to help make sure all the cords work and hosts don't go hungry, consider donating to help support an independent creator that is important to you. It doesn't have to be us. We'd love it to be us. But if there's another pod out there that warms the cockles of your heart, support them. If you want to help us make sure the cocktails keep coming, head on over to our Patreon page and become a member. And until then, cheers! We're back. We're back. So two things I, I realized on our break. We've been talking a lot. Yeah, that's cool, though. Um, my cocktail shaker is shitty. Oh, yeah. I need a real one. Which I um, know I have somewhere, I think. But I, 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 I think I've <gasps> always known this one was shitty, but I haven't been making cocktails up until recently. Um, the other thing is you can rent 
the movie What We Do in the Shadows on YouTube or Amazon Prime for $2.99. Everyone should go watch it <laughs> right really now. think it's worth everybody's time. <laughs> should we get into uh, more? I feel like we've talked a little bit about the book, but more of the book. I made so many notes this week. Yeah. Well, first off, are, would you like it as Did a child? I like it? Oh, would I like it as a child? Yes. Because, and here's, yes, and here's why. Um, <laughs> because page one, they talk about Nancy Drew. Mm. I saw that, and I was like, oh, Nell's in. I'm in. Uh, I love a mystery. I've always loved a mystery. I was absolutely 100% reading Nancy Drew mysteries at the same time that I was reading Babysitter's Club books. Mm-hmm. And clearly, Claudia was too. Like, so... The author thought that her target audience and kids who were 12 were reading these same books. The mystery, like the intricacy of the mystery and the payoff of the mystery and all of that, if you compare it to a Nancy Drew book, is so much less and so like... So it's a a light mystery. It's a light mystery. I did enjoy the mystery aspect. I do think it, it... adds to the changing up the narrative voice. Book two is all about like romantic poets and mystery, which speak to my soul. (laughs) So it's a little weird. Like if I didn't read this one, it's weird that I don't remember it as much. Um, But I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I, I loved, loved, loved that she name checks actual books in this book. Yeah. So she talks about Nancy Drew on the first page. She, um, at one point, and I don't remember which one it was, but one of the babysitting adventures, one of the books that one of the babysitters reads to the kids is a Ramona Quimby book. Yes, yes. I loved that too, and I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Stacy. I think Stacy read Possibly. The Little Girl can I when Ooh, I can. the lights Perks went off of and she couldn't watch MTV, which the, oh fact, my God. the fact that like her thought was like, oh, how are we going to relax ourselves? Let's watch MTV. I was like, that, that is very 1986. <laughs> Christy. It was, oh, it was Christy, Christy and she was babysitting for... Karen from accounting. Oh, Karen from accounting. God, Karen. Yeah. So, but yes, same thing. So the lights go out. Every babysitting experience that they have through the book, some drama happens so that the person who's babysitting thinks it's the phantom caller. Right. And yeah, so at this point, they're trying to distract themselves. And Christy's like, let's watch MTV. And no, that was Stacy. Not Christy. Oh. Well but then, not, I, but back to the personality thing. Like I was wrong, you, and then you checked. Is what yes, but now I'm conflating two different storylines. Morbid of Destiny is how they got to Ramona Quimby because there Mor- you go. Mor- yeah. So the other thing too is you're seeing everybody's personality, but through Claudia's perspective. Mm-hmm. So because they have a book and they write all the things in the book, Claudia is then looking at all of the different experiences they have and telling the reader what happened from her perspective and her thoughts on how this person reacted yes um and she does at one point with christy say something about even though she's a blabbermouth she's a really good friend yes (laughs) i was like like, damn it here's another thing where i feel she didn't call her yeah she called her a blabbermouth because because she thought that Somehow, people found out about Claudia's crush, and she thought Christy told everybody. Yes. Because at their emergency babysitters club meeting. Which, can we talk about the fact that they're literally outdoors at recess, everybody is there, they're all talking, and they're like, we need to have an emergency meeting. Everyone's like, yeah, we do. Great, let's go inside. Yeah. Like, Could you just have had your meeting? I don't understand. Right but so they did that. So they're having the emergency meeting, but the phantom caller, they come up with a whole code that none of them can remember. Like, 
That it's, was hysterical. You call, like, if he calls you and something happens, you call me and ask if you found my red ribbon and if... Which was also part of the, in the author's <laughs> note, her thing. And Martin was like, that's what we did. Like, we made up, my friends and I made up a code in case of danger. They didn't have necessarily a jewel burglar. Right. Jewel burglar? That's not right. Jewel thief. Jewel thief. Um, <laughs> but they did have a in case of danger code. Yeah. But that, like, I was laughing through that whole thing because <laughs> it's it's it was so relatable as a, a human, but also as a kid of, like, being so serious like mm -hmm. this is a thing we're worried about danger we're we're solving in our kid brains we are solving the the problem of danger and yet we can't remember what the hell we're supposed yeah. to say and I, I what i found interesting about the whole premise of the book because <laughs> it is so something that could not happen anymore. Nothing no. in this book could no. happen in 2020. No. The advent of the cell phone or even caller ID made the whole premise of this book. Right. Moot. Which, and I which wonder... makes the, like, the <laughs> stupid criminal aspect of it even worse. Yeah. So like you can't... If somebody calls you today on your cell phone and you don't know the number, you, you don't, don't answer. answer. And creepily... Like, two days after finishing this book, <laughs> I get what is essentially a phantom caller. Because, you know, when you get a phone call from a number you don't know, you don't answer it. And if it's, like, a robocall or something, it, even if there's a message that's left, it's, like, two seconds or you just hear, press one. Right. I had a voicemail from a number that I did not know that was 25 seconds long of just breathing. Like, heavy breathing? Like, <sighs> I... Like Here's. Darth Vader breathing? Oh, Did you I save it? See. Are we listening to it real time? We might. <gasps> oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I can't wait. Oh, I don't like that. It's creepy. That's a person fucking breathing in my phone. Yeah, I mean, that might be someone's butt. It might be a butt, but after reading the book. <laughs> yeah, no. That's no, creepy. Like then you're then you're counting your jewels. Should we go in our our actual questions? Yeah. Okay. Our actual questions for this book. Um, we still have not determined our full scale, but rate the book on a scale of uh, Marion's curfew to Claudia's hats. Oh no, I think we did morbid destinies warts. Wart. Yeah. To Claudia's hats. Okay, so last time we gave Christy's great idea a four, which was an extended curfew. Yes. I, well, I found this story far more entertaining. I don't know. I'm going between three and four because it can't happen now. And it wasn't like super fantasy. Sure. I would give it a three. Yeah, I don't know what I, a three is. I don't know if anyone has any suggestions of what they think a three should be. Stacy's Diet Coke. Stacy's Diet Coke. It's not <laughs> something you want to drink. It's something you have to drink. <laughs> All those Diet Coke lovers out there, I see you. I feel you. It's fine. We're not judging you. I mean, they all drink Diet Cokes at their emergency meeting. It's true. So 80s. And so three 80s. of them didn't have to. Right. Um, but like, it's fine. A Diet Coke is fine. <laughs> it's our scale. You guys can do what you want with it. Um, I would give it a solid three because I feel like while I thought there was a lot of promise and I love the mystery aspect of it, mm -hmm. in the middle of the book, it just became babysitting experience number one, babysitting experience yeah. number two, babysitting experience number three. And I get that you had to do that for the showing how everyone had a phantom caller experience. Right. But there was a point at which I was like, there's no more story in this. Like you're just giving me the babysitting part. Yeah. I recognize it's called babysitters club, but I, I felt like the first book was a little bit more plot driven, but I found the whole 
Trevor Sanborn aspect of it far more entertaining because that was like a story. It was a solid three. A solid yeah. Diet Coke. It was a solid, solid Diet, Diet solid, Coke. Solid. Uh, would 12-year-old you have liked the book? I think 12-year-old me would have liked the book. I think I would have... I think I think I would have thought the mystery was fun. I think 12-year-old me would actually like the different experiences of each babysitter and how they each solve the problem. I also think 12-year-old me would really identify with wanting someone to ask them to a dance. Yes. Yes. But I think unlike this book, I didn't get asked to dance, so that just made me sad. <laughs> I'm making myself as a child sound really sad. I wasn't really a sad kid. No, but I just... here's the thing. I think most people, I think in life, want whatever the person, whoever the person is that they are attracted to, whether it's the yeah. poet or the jock or I don't remember any of the other babies, or um, not babies, the breakfast club tropes but um the the guy with the big nostrils (laughs) what the guy at the end that does the like judd nelson yeah judd nelson has really big nostrils (laughs) (laughs) and every time i watch the babysitters not babysitters the breakfast club we gotta stop talking about things that are clubs (laughs) This is horrible. I could not get over how big his nostrils were. I don't think I've ever noticed Judd Nelson's nostrils. Go, go look. Well, Judd Nelson this, after has this very large nostrils. Gonna... Okay. <laughs> I guess my point is, whoever it is that you want, particularly as a 12-year-old, mm, to true. ask you out, because then the like subplot to the subplot is Stacy has a crush on Christy's brother, Sam. Sam, who is a freshman in high school, has taken a high school girl to the movies. Okay. It, like, wounds I'm, her soul. I'm going on another sidebar here because we need to talk about Tamara. That's the girl he goes on the date with. Her name is Tamara. Have you made this up? <laughs> no, it's in book. Her name is Tamara. I'm looking this they up They describe as you're talking. her as... Basically, she's a punk. She's got, like green yellow hair she wears mesh fingerless gloves she dresses like cindy Lauper. oh yes yes so, yes yes i remember okay. i didn't remember her name but i do remember that well, she basically is, why... is like a cindy Lauper madonna mashup of like she was just trendy this is why i remember her name and this is where my conspiracy of let me know if you need me to read the actual Anne, description and m martin oh yeah go ahead and read the description it'll add to what i'm saying She's a freshman in high school, and she had spiky yellow hair with green stuff at the ends and these little lace gloves with fingertips cut out. Perfect. Okay, so here is my conspiracy that Anne M. Martin is secretly a punk rock fan. Okay, so there's this band called The Queers that started off in, like, New Hampshire, I think. So, sure. region. And I'm aware that this song didn't come out until much later in the 90s, but they, the Queers have the song called Tamara is a Punk. And in my my addled brain, I have now decided that Anna M. Martin, who grew up in New Jersey and lives in upstate New York, secretly goes to the punk rock shows and knows the queers. Can I counter that? Sure, go for it. What if the queers are secretly babysitters fans, fans and they wrote the song, song about Tamara? About Tamara. So our next questions. The next three questions to round out our questions, which I feel like we can kind of put into one and Mm -hmm. put this sucker to bed. The most surprising part, the most expected part, and does it hold up in 2020? Okay. So my answer, it does all revolve around. Yeah. I think. Sort of the same thing. Because it's this mystery, I feel like all of these things. Yeah. So turns out. There is no phantom caller calling them. There was a copycat with a neighbor, but apparently Stony Brook ain't rich enough for this guy. Is <laughs> it's essentially true. what it boiled down to. It's they true, don't which they is do so not funny. They do not have the jewels. So it's like so we're in Connecticut, but we're not in like Oh, no, but one uh one house did. But it was a copycat. No, no. Oh, you're right. You're right. Claudia's neighbors get hit 
but they figure out it's a copycat. So yes. wait, but did we ever solve the Dorian Wallingford? Is that her name? Okay, but Dorian Wallingford. Her last name is Wallingford. She's I know, but if we're of, talking about whether she's probably Stony Brook. of the Wallingford J- pet food dynasty, and well, they got met. her Nana's sapphire engagement ring. Right. So anyway, so Wallingford's aside. Wallingford's there's aside. There's one copycat. Yes. So the Phantom Caller ends up being Alan. <laughs> Fucking Alan Gray. So one of the things that they did, because Christie's all about her business, is to protect where they're going and from people that call her getting information, she's been bringing their logbook to school. And it turns out that every time Christie thought Alan was around her desk to like play a trick on her, he was going into the logbook and stealing her location because he wanted to ask her to the dance, but he was always so afraid that he'd just call and breathe on the phone. <laughs> yes. So, again, because Christy's boss, she's like, and I don't remember if this is her idea or not, but in my head, she's the one that has the, like, the boss uh, nameplate. You know those things that you can buy on Etsy? Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, she does yeah. have that. Like, so um, they they all decide, let's say Christy decides, but they all decide that they're going to record where, like each job, where everyone's going to be so that if the phantom caller hits one of the houses that they're at, somebody else knows where they are. And then for safety, they're going to bring it to school. And Alan, who is running some internet startup in 2003 because he's that smart and he's that kid that has no social skills he's mark zuckerberg he's mark he's no no he's he's the twitter guy oh the one who's married to serena williams i I don't know venus and serena williams that's their names god jack dorsey yeah oh that's not who i was thinking alexis ohanian is who i was thinking of he's the reddit guy Notice how none of these people have a vagina. Just saying. No. I think Alan is going to grow up to be a little bit of a dick still because he's right. snooping. Right, so probably Jack Dorsey. Yeah, so he's, because he's snooping and he, in the Me Too era, would probably be considered a predator. Yes. <laughs> but he's 12. But maybe he learned. He probably did. He's also 12 and like. Right. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I when feel you're 12, like. 12, like that is oh. kind of what you do. Yes. Why are you raising your hand? I'm raising my hand because um, I wrote something down um, that was at the... So basically at the end of the book, the Christy invites Claudia over um, because there's stuff happening. She's afraid it's the phantom color. She needs backup. Claudia comes over. They're babysitting. The parents are out. They end up calling the police. Pause. That mom left them tuna fish sandwiches and milk for dinner, and that's disgusting. Continue. I would. I mean, I don't love tuna fish, but it's the combination of milk and tuna fish. I'd be fine with that. That tuna fish has mayo in it. Mayo and milk go together. Mm, Too much dairy and tuna. No. Anyway, continue. Um. So at the end of it, um. They call the police. The police come because there's literally like there's there's basically a prowler outside the house. They've gotten phone calls. They're knocking over trash cans like it is. I will it say is amateur are, hour. It's amateur hour. But the Christy and Claudia are legitimately justified in calling 911 yes. and being like, we've gotten two hang up calls. Yeah. And there's someone outside the house. And the police are like, we'll be right there. Also. This is how you make sure that this is actually the police. They did a whole thing of like, let me see your badge, whatever. Yeah. It was very like, I don't know, law and order SVU. Yes. So it turns out Alan Gray, pigtail puller, inkwell dipper, is the one who has been calling 
they haul him in in my mind because I read a lot of like Anne of Green Gables as I was a child. They were holding his ear. Yes. Because that's what you did with naughty little 12 year old boys. <laughs> um, and they basically made him fess up, which made me I laugh. I felt bad. Because I did feel bad for him, though. Did you? I, I felt a little felt bad like... because that had to be really embarrassing. And particularly, I also thought it was funny that Christy kept asking the questions and not letting the cop ask the questions. Yes. <laughs> I, I think at that point had shifted to the cop's point of view <laughs> of like, you're a cop in a suburb in Connecticut. This is hysterical. Like, this yeah. is the most action you've seen in months. This is hysterical. And now you're just going to see this through. But... So basically, Alan says, I wish, like, that I could ask you to dance. I can't, like you said. Like, this is this is my way of trying to call you and ask you to dance. But Christy then says, oh, well, this is something my mom's been telling me for years. Boys tease you because they like you. It is true. It is true. So- and here's the thing. Absolutely, it's true. But... Also, in these times, in the 2020, and I think Mm -hmm. this is where it doesn't hold up for 2020, of while it's true, and I don't think it's just boys. I think this goes across girls, boys, whatever. If somebody at 12 years old is teasing you or making fun of you or whatever, there's a chance it's because they want to interact with you and they don't know how to do that. But also, I don't think we would write that in a book in 2020. I don't know if we would. Because I think, I do think when you're that age, I do think that is just a way that kids still interact. And I don't feel like it's a thing now where people are like, we don't tell girls that anymore. We don't tell girls that boys like make fun of them because they like them because then that turns into accepting well, abusive relationships. Yeah, yes, but that also doesn't make that true. I agree with you. I'm I just mean, saying, I, I don't know that that would have been written. I don't know that it would be made. I, think I don't it might know have that been, that would have made it past the editing stage in I 2020. I think it would have been written maybe a little differently with a little more nuance to it. It wouldn't yes. have been so black and white. But I do think... That is still a way children interact. And it's still a way grown-ass men interact. And I do think... Well, it's, it's I do men think interact within, whether they're grown-ass or not. True. And I, I think... What I think is tough is that we... Because for so long we just never talked about what could really go wrong. And yes. just sw- all, swept it all under... The guys of boys will be boys. They just tease you because they like you. That now, because we are having a reckoning with that, as we should, we haven't gotten to the point where there is there is the nuance in between. Because a 12-year-old yes. boy, no matter how woke his parents are, are still going to have the same feelings as a 12-year-old boy is going to have and doesn't have the verbal skills to articulate it in an intelligent and, way. And I would argue... And that's a lot of pressure to put on little boys. You can take boy out of that. A Girl, 12-year-old yeah. I mean, does I, not Quite have... frankly, I will admit, I've, I've done that. I've of acted course. like a little shit when I've liked somebody because I couldn't reckon with the fact and that the problem I, I is, like you. Right. And the problem is that it's more accepted in boys... Uh, you know, like being rough and tumble and being a jerk and being a boy is more accepted. And so you're allowed to do that longer. A girl could do that, but they're called out faster because it's not sugar and spice and everything nice. And Um, so it's your, you're called on it faster because it's not girl behavior. But in this book, a girl who did not act like a girl Got asked out by a boy who was equally acting like a little shit. So and maybe I kind of, <laughs> yes, I kind of love. Also, turns out Christy is not a lesbian. Um, I'm not saying that she's not. The jury is still out. Maybe Just she's be- bi or I, pan. I maybe. 
I mean, like, I also I also enjoy that like when they talk about like what they wore. Mm. Claudia got real irritated that Stacy. I have notes on that. Stacy and um, Claudia couldn't talk Chrissy out of wearing a plaid jumper. Yes. <laughs> I also so there's a whole section where basically they all get together. Oh wait, and we have to pause. Yeah. Trevor's the other phantom caller. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, Trevor is the other phantom caller because Alan gave him turns out Trevor actually secretly loves Claudia as well. And, and Alan told Trevor and that's how Trevor and everybody knew, not yes. Christy. And I think back to your point about how boys, particularly then and girls, were supposed to behave. Trevor stops himself from saying that he's shy. Because boys are not supposed to be shy. Right. Yes. But I do appreciate that within the writing, she left it in. She left enough implication that you could figure out what it was. But he, she's also established him as an emotional poet, which I think is 80s code for shy boy. What's that called now? Soft boy? I I don't think. There's a thing on the interwebs. I don't know. I haven't heard any of this. Google soft boy. I think Trevor might be a soft boy. Okay. Is this going to be like when we Googled Circus Extreme and got dildos? Nope. Okay. Nope. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Cool. So there's a point at which they're all hanging out and they don't have anything to do because the internet doesn't exist. The internet doesn't exist, and Marianne's dad won't let her go to the mall. And Stacy can't eat sweets, so they can't go to the ice cream store. <laughs> or get or pizza. Get pizza or something. So they can't go anywhere to eat anything, which is a legitimate, like, when I'm like, I'm bored, what should I do? Eat I will go out and eat something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so they're sitting around, they... Um, they can't, they're like, we'll rent a movie. Well, they can't because somebody's VCR is broken. And that's the only option. There's like, a lot of technological things that just don't hold up things. in 2020. But so they take that point to kind of describe who everyone is and what they look like. Yeah. And Claudia says that Christy has hair that she doesn't do much with yet. And she has eyes which will look great with makeup in a couple of years. Yeah. And I was like, that's was such... Like, like such... A, that's, again, where it doesn't hold up in 2020. Or like, someone might write that, but, like, I don't know that it would make it through the editing process of, like, let's tweak that a little bit. I don't know. I think it might... I think it might if you're establishing a character, because I think that is something people think. And you are in Claudia's head. Yes, but as a young adult... I think it would be posed a little bit differently. Like, I think because the implication to me was that you're just waiting until the culturally appropriate age at which you can doll yourself up and become a woman. And that's not how being, I read that. Oh, tougher. I just read that as I'm already wearing makeup and doing these things and. <laughs> Christy will look good when she finally decides to stop be- dressing like a turnip. <laughs> That's how I read that. I- <laughs> sure, but like, what if Christy always wants to be a turnip? What if Christy never wants to wear makeup? Fine. What if Christy wants to wear but her sweatshirts read- and jeans? I read it just as Claudia's interpretation, and whatever Christy does is whatever Christy does. Sure. And you know what? Actually, that's probably a better way of reading it, because I think... In these times, not the quarantine times, but in 2020 times, I feel like we are a little bit overly sensitive to some of that. way too sensitive. Of if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to wear makeup, that's totally fine. And if someone says like, yeah, they're not allowed to do this stuff yet, or it's not appropriate for them to do this yet. So they're not doing it. But in a few years... They're going to want to do it. They're going to start to do it. And that's okay. I honestly read that section of the book that Claudia was projecting onto Christy. That's how I read it. I did too. And nothing more than... I didn't take it as like 
thinking about that that would be wrong now because I think people still think that and I think we have to be honest about the fact that yes times have changed we have progressed things that may have been acceptable in the past are not acceptable but I think something as benign as Christy would look better with some mascara I don't think that's I guess kind my of... problem with it is the better you know what I mean like and she doesn't say that necessarily but to me, the expectation is that once she hits a certain age, she will be doing that because that's what's expected. And I, yeah, and I just read and, that. I didn't read that as society's expectations. I think I just read that as Claudia's personal expectations. I think I read it as society's expectations because that's also where I was is that at that age was mm. being like, well, I'm not allowed to do that stuff yet because I'm not an age. But then once you hit this age, that's where then you're supposed to, you're supposed to be wearing makeup. You're supposed to be doing all that stuff. And see, similar to not having a time where I was not allowed to talk on the phone, there was never a specific age. I was never told that I couldn't wear makeup. Oh, I was, I I just, I was not... (laughs) And here's the irony. I was given makeup. I would spend hours on the weekends making myself... I would... ton of makeup. Eyeshadow. Like, I would do full face. This was Mm -hmm. pre-YouTube tutorial, whatever. I would do full face of makeup. And I would go downstairs and be like, Mom, look at me. And she's like, awesome, great. Maybe you should be a makeup artist when you get older wash it off you're not leaving the house like that like makeup was only a very special occasion got it thing and so there were definitely rules of this is not you're too young this is not a thing i also was not that into it oh i was into it I honestly think, like, boys calling and, like, being prowlers is a little bit more... Although the cops did say to them, okay, we're going to Oh, the cops were a, awesome. Then we're now going to drive you home and have a conversation about privacy. Yes. Like, yes. cops in real life should be like these cops. Yeah, there was a lot where I was like, oh, no, this is pretty forward thinking. And I think... <laughs> here's the other thing. We're, we're two bucks in. Yeah. So there is a chance that... From Marianne's perspective, she's going to be like, Claudia wears too much makeup. And actually, saying that, in book one, Christy opens the door, or Claudia opens the door, and Christy sees her, and Claudia's wearing makeup, and Christy's like, Ugh, Oh, God, yeah. What the F are you doing? Like, and, and Claudia says, Yeah, my parents aren't going to let me out of the house like this, but. Well, and so, I think that's why it's good to have their different perspectives. Yes. No, I agree. And as I'm talking through it, I think that that that's one of the benefits of having their their perspectives and having, you know, maybe it is a little bit more of because everybody has the different perspective, you can also push things a little bit further. Yes. So now I think it would be a really good time to wildly speculate about the next book. Great. What's the next book? The next book is... um... The Truth About Stacy. Oh, it's all about diabetes. Is it all about diabetes? Secret diabetes. Oh, no, maybe it's not because we already know about secret diabetes. Okay, so my initial thought is that we delve a little bit deeper into secret diabetes. However, I also think we've touched on that, so it's not so secret anymore. So, I think... It's more about her life in New York City. I said that that... weird because I started to say New York and then I added city. I think that it's about her life in New York City. I think that's valid. I think... I... I, Shockingly, I do not think Morbid of Destiny or Karen from Accounting has anything to do with this because Stacey... We didn't talk about Karen from Accounting at all. We talked about her freckles a little bit. A little bit. I mean, just she's there. She's Karen. She's, she's from accounting. She's, always. she's already got the personality at like six. She's so gonna be Karen. From I Karen. think the truth about Stacy is there is something 
I think there is something going on more than just the diabetes of why they moved mm-hmm. to Stony Brook. Because you don't just move because you're getting bullied. Like there's maybe something her dad embezzled on. from his company. Yeah, like her dad embezzled. Her mom found out about his secret mistress. <gasps> I've also decided secret that her mistress. dad just works on Wall Street and is like the worst. Co- He's like Leo in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> That's what I've. That's what I've decided. He's like in in my head, doing a little sniff sniff coke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's what I think is happening. I think there's a Wolf of Wall Street situation, or, or 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 or. They're in the mob. Ooh, I love that. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I, I don't want either, it to. But I kind of want it to. Like now, I kind of yeah. Like that because, would be good. Wait, what's her last name? It's McGill. So, oh yeah, they're no. Irish mob. She could IRA. Be, IRA. Ooh, I love this. Peace, peace agreements I love haven't happened yet. This peace agreements have not happened. Yet. Also, let's talk about that. Sometimes I think about the like history of Ireland, and it blows my mind. Sometime we'll talk about the Good Friday Accord, which... The fact that the Republic of is only in existence since, like, 1919, I don't know why that blows my mind. I don't know what that has to do with this podcast. I'm just putting it out there. Well, Stacey McGill clearly Clearly is a daughter of the IRA. Yes. There's gun Um, running going on. Gun running. Gun bombs. Running. New York City... Clearly. Clearly. Stacy McGill is the daughter of an IRA gun runner. He's looking to get out of the gun running business because mm-hmm. it's just, it's too much. It's he too moved much. from New York. They blamed it on secret diabetes. <laughs> and that's why everyone's like, diabetes? Why would you move from New York for diabetes? For diabetes. Turns out, not diabetes, gun running. So with that, my friends, is our episode. That's our episode. 